is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen, except it is a remix because it is not a Wesley Euler host day. It is a Motes host Wednesday. Hence the reason why it's Motes and Wes on the Steelers Blitz. On. Wait, Moats and Still West. Nation Radio. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Can I at least keep my last name? I no. Mean. It's Moats and West. Because it's my day. Dig it. It's my day. You know what? Can I ask you something real quick? What's I up? know it's your day. Because I'm going to ask you another question as well. You, you go first. I'm going to ask my question next. This past weekend, yes. it was one of our, in our, in our crew of friends, it was one of our boys' birthdays. All right. Mm-hmm. So the whole squad got together on Sunday, drank some pints, watched some sports. A little you know, pint those, action. Those okay. Things that Respect. you do on, on your boys' birthday. Yeah. One of my buddies, and then it kind of caught wildfire, and they were all like, yeah, 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 what Jake said, yeah. One of my buddies, Jake, goes, yo, like, professionally, you go by Wesley Euler, right? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't really care. I was like, but but that's how I'm listed in most yeah. places is Wesley Euler. He goes, dude, what are you doing? He goes, you got to go Wes Euler. He goes, every great broadcaster. This is true. It's it's not Joseph Buck, it's Joe Buck. This is true. It's not Jonathan Madden, it's John Madden. This is true. And he's like running. It's not Michael Lang, it's Mike Lang. It's not Christopher Collins, it's Chris Collins. It's not William Hillgrove, it's Billy Hillgrove. Come on, man. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, you got to start going by Wes Euler. You got to drop See? the Lee. See? I think he, I, he might be right. I mean, Wesley does, it's a mouthful. I feel like Wesley looks better in writing. Yes. Wes sounds better spoken. I would agree. Wes is like, yo, I feel like I could talk to this guy. I want to hear this guy. Wesley, I'm like, yo, are you signing a check or writing it's a like book? I'm a, I'm Which a scholar, one are you doing? Right? Yes. I'm, a sc- I'm, I'm, yes. Right, I'm over here writing Harry Potter or something. I can still, you, you're part of Cambridge, you know? Like, that's, that's the vibe I get from you, man. <laughs> I've got many leather-bound books. You know? Like, like that's definitely the vibe, man. Uh, we, might have to, we might have to just kick yeah. it as Wes going forward. Come you know, on, the man. boys might be onto something. See? See what happens when it's a Moats host Wednesday? We, we, we just start falling upon these it's things, It's not man. Robert Costas. It's Bob Costas. Come on, man. Come on, Moats and West. I said West. Like, like we're going directional now. Hey, West. I ain't from the North. You I know? ain't from the South. <laughs> but everybody knows West is in the house. <laughs> but anywho, we did get a chance to get some audio. You know, from rookie minicamp, um, and this guy, we're all excited to hear. We're all excited to see play. Talking about wide receiver out of the University of Memphis, Calvin Austin. Well, the fourth. Absolutely. The th- no, he's the third. He's Definitely the third. third. Definitely third. third. Sorry, I tried to age him there a little it's bit. It's all good, man. It happens. It happens. But we're well, going to hear about Calvin, though, man. Makes sense. Calvin Austin, the third mm-hmm. from Memphis. Okay. Three. Uh-huh. Six Mafia. However you need to get that to work. What the whoo? Why the hollow whoo? I don't even holler. What's it from the third of the six in the mafia? All right, I'm gonna roll with it. I like I like three sips, sipping on some scissor. We gonna we gonna get it right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Calvin Austin. Here you go. What is that time working with George so far? Oh, it's been it's been great. He's a um, funny guy, but he's a he. But you can tell that he's a he's a competitor, and um, that's the one thing that I can tell that we both have in common is that. Once we get on the field, we just want to compete and make plays. So um, just ha- just having him there, us le- learning together, um, creating a bond, I'm, I'm just very excited for the future for us. Yeah, what about catching balls from Kenny? Uh, that, that, that boy can throw it. Um, I, I already knew he, he could throw it from the um, from the senior bowl and stuff. So, you know, just catching balls from him just feels comfortable. It, 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 just, it feels great. What is it about your game that allows you to survive 
being not the tallest guy and not the heaviest guy? I would just say my heart, you know, uh, when I get out there, like, it has never been a thing where I'm just like, man, these guys big or I'm small. I've never felt that way. When I get out there, I, I'm a dog, so I'm just ready for whatever competition, whatever's, whoever's in front of me. And when, I, when I'm on the field, I have no fear. When you were coming out of high school, did, did anybody recruit you just to play football or was it all track and football? Um, it was mostly football, but, you know, I didn't really get recruited too much. I went to a couple of Ivy League schools and to, to, to visit and stuff, but besides that, I had always went to um, the, um, the, the University of, of Memphis camps and stuff, but an offer never came from that, so I was kind of just, like, waiting for that one, and then I ended up just walking on there, so. You think the size was the issue? Oh, most definitely. And um, even when I would talk to coaches, I would go to camps and have great, um, great showings and stuff. I would run a fast 40, but you know, it would always be like your size and you know, you got to get bigger, your weight and stuff. And you know, that's why like, I kind of wrote down in, in my phone, in my notes, I keep it of all the things that the people or coaches have said to me in the past about that. And so that's kind of my motivation. What was the first time you heard that? Do you remember? Um, probably ninth grade when I went to my first camp. You know, I, I think I ran like a, a high four four in the ninth grade, and I, it was it was one of the fastest times. And you know, I, I performed well in the in, in the one on one portions, but it was like the coach would be like, you got to put on some more weight, get in the lifting program and stuff like that, or you wouldn't be have to have the size to play it at the next level. And they, I still remember that. Were they pushing you for D two or? FCS or who? Um, it was FCS, and then I remember I went to um, a, a coach at a CBHS. Um, it was a it was a mega camp. Had told me that I should talk to a to talk to a, a D3 school, and that's the one that like really stuck out to me the most. I remember calling my dad after I was just like mad and hurt, you know, because mm -hmm. I was like I had a great showing, and then after he gonna say like I should talk to some some D3 schools because I'll be a great fit. So I'll, I'll never forget that. So when they tell you this, why don't you believe them? Um, as a young kid. Just because um, I believe in God and know that He has bigger plans for me, for one. And then you know, I have a great, I have a great support system. My, my, my family, my mom, my dad, my sisters—they all, they all believe in me. And one of the um, biggest and most important quotes I live by is, uh, "You're supposed to do it for the people who, who do believe in you. Don't do it for the people who don't believe in you." So that's kind of what I live by. You got a lot of those. Yes, sir. How big were you as a freshman in high school? <laughs> uh, I was a, small that was small. Yeah, that's a better question. Look, I was. It's crazy because I was a starting DB and I was five four, 130 pounds, starting cornerback. What yeah. year was that? Uh, ninth grade. So that was probably 2013, 2014. Did throw at you? Yeah, they did. <laughs> I say you see that matchup, you're gonna take some shots. But I, I you know, I, I, I definitely held my own. But I did get beat some. But just from that, you know, I think starting there, having to tackle bigger running backs, guard bigger receivers, it kind of just helped my toughness and stuff because even from that point, you a freshman starting varsity is like, that's a lot of pressure. So, but when I got out there, you know, I was just, a, like, like I said, I'm a competitor. So I just like to compete. You turned into one of the most uh, dangerous punt returners while you were at Memphis. Is that what got you your foot in the door? Um, yeah, most definitely. Um, when I first got there, that was something that I, I, I immediately started doing. Even though I redshirted my first season, I was always, catching punts because um, they, they knew with my speed that that could definitely be something I, I would be, could do in the future. And they're probably one of the first things I'd be able to do. They got a saying in this league, little guys take big hits. You ever taken one? Oh yeah, I took plenty of big hits, but then you know, the, the, the best thing about that is, is 
pop, it's popping up right after and flexing on them. So that's what I be. <laughs> I, I, I like to do after you make that catch, get that big hit, get up and flex on them a little bit. What, what kind of reaction you get when that happens? They just be like, man, like, oh, I thought he was gonna fall, stay down or something. But no, I'm, I'm not with that at all. You got any big hits? Do you remember any big hits you made? Uh, I remember, I think, um, versus SMU on game day in 2019, I got hit hit pretty good because it, it, it knocked my mouthpiece out. I remember I was like, I need to get, get I, I hopped back up, but I remember that was the one I was like, you go, you, you go back to the sideline, you tell your teammates, you like, yeah, he hit me good. Well, so Calvin, I mean, rookie minicamp is over tomorrow. You're going to stay here? You're going to go back home and kind of decompress before OTAs? What's the plan for a young guy trying to go through this process? Um, my plan is, you know, just to stay here, continue mm -hmm. to get some time in with Coach, um, Kenny, and the rest of the guys. Um, it just gets kind of settled, settled in, in, into the city, you know. Um, I really just haven't got a chance to just see the entire city, but the, the my bad, but the few parts that I saw, it's like beautiful, and I really wasn't, I haven't seen too much, but I'm, I'm just ready just to stay, stay here and make this my home. I think Sauce Gardner said you were the toughest receiver that he he faced in college. Is that a pretty high praise? Yeah, um, he's definitely one of the best corners that I've ever played against, and obviously he went top five draft pick, and you know. He's he's very deserving of that because he's a he, he's a great corner. So you know, um, I think one of the most respect that players can get is from other players. So um, he for him for him to have high regards for me, um, it means a lot. But I also have high regards for him. I'm sure teams treated you like a number one receiver in the last two years as well. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, I remember against some couple of teams, I saw some double and triple coverages. So I saw some crazy stuff. That's say a lot of resilience about you, too. I mean, you went from Brady White to Seth Haniger. A uh, lot of changes between those two years, and you still led the team in receiving guards. Yes, sir. Um, one of the, just the main things is just, like, once you have that change, it's just continuing to build chemistry on and off the field. And so, you know, that was one of the, the big things with Brady and Seth, just getting in and just making sure you got, got that chemistry and y'all y'all on the same page. And you think I'll help you here? I mean, you know, the, you could be looking at one of three quarterbacks to start week one. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's why I say it's good to get some work, work in are early on with Kenny and then when OTAs start we'll get plenty of work in during OTAs and I'm sure after so um, it's just going to be con just getting working with everybody because you know at the end of the day you never know who's going to be that guy. Anthony Miller reach out to you? Uh, yes he did after, after the draft um, him and I just saw um, um, Jannard, a Avery you know so it's kind of crazy because like when those guys when I when I first got got to Memphis they they were the seniors, and you know those guys. I say kind of laid that foundation down for Memphis and like and what Memphis stands for. It's kind of coincidental. You and Anthony have the exact same steps each way. Walk on all Memphis track stars, all knowledge Steelers. What's next for you two? Um, just continuing to just to improve, improve each day, and, and try and try to be and try to be better than the next. Um, that's kind of what gathers. To, to, to where we are now. We don't listen to what outside people say, and we, we continue to work. I mean, when I first got there, I could I'd most definitely say he was the hardest working individual on the team. He leading all the reps and running the, the stairs, and I'm a, I'm just a, a walk-on freshman seeing that. That's what kind of showed me, like, yeah, this is how this is the way you work, this is how you do it if you want to get to a certain level. Have you ever not been the smallest guy on your team? <laughs> I, I don't think I I think I've always been because you know just from uh, just anytime we have the waist out look I, I think I, I was always one of the um, one of the smallest but even in, in like for instance in the weight room um, I would always be one of the strongest per like per pound people because you know I just don't I, that size factor it's never it's never been anything for me just used to it by now used to it 
Uh, I don't have a nick. Well, I, I, I got a family nickname. It's Bebe, but my everybody else just called just call me Cal. You, you look, your first look was like, I have a nickname, but you ain't going to know it. Yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. I was, like, that was like, I got a family nickname. I don't know. I was like, but that's just a family nickname. So, yeah. Why number 19? Um, it was given, question, but it's kind of crazy because my freshman year uh, of high school, that, that, that was my, my first number. So, you know, it's kind of bring, bringing it all back together. And I've worn 19 before, and I, and I love it. That was Calvin Austin. Draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver out of Memphis. And I like it. Three, six, I like it. The speed, the confidence. You think he likes John Morant? I think it's a possibility. Just a little bit. I, I think he's also the smallest guy on every team he's played on. I don't know if, you know. Our our uh, our colleague down the hallway here, Mike Pursuta, he was really even hammering on him about that size. Right? He was <laughs> like, yeah, what am I? Have you ever been the biggest guy on your team? Are you always the little guy? Are you scared being the when small guy? When you went guy to camps, did, they, did the D1 coaches dump on you? I mean, <laughs> uh, easy, Triv. You're bringing up all this past trauma. <laughs> but no, no man, Calvin funny, Calvin definitely handled it well. He's a guy that we're all excited about. But um, with that being the case, man, it really won me. Uh, it really had me thinking about the wide receiver room okay. and our overall confidence level in that group. Um, because obviously, we do know we have talent in there. We have young talent, and then we also have some you know draft picks in the sense that we feel they can be really good but it's more so speculation versus proven productivity correct which we know is night and day in this league dirty p word absolutely potential so with that being the case man i just wanted to you know present that to you first and power grip megawatts i mean obviously you're part of this conversation as well so you can get your tweets in if you have you know thoughts on the confidence level with the wide receiver group if you you know think that they're perfect as is, Mm -hmm. then great. Let us know. But if you think that might want a little bit more veteran presence or a different style of receiver in the room, well, let us know that as well. Hit us up on the Twitter.com at DaBody52. DaBody. And at Wesley Euler. The good hair. So with that being the case, though, Wes, as we go through... Still is yeah, or, or you want to go 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 at Wesley? You funny there, what, you, Wesley what, or Wes? You, you, you catch me? I, 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 you. I, I figure you. if I keep saying it, it's gonna happen, bro. It's gonna become a thing, okay? And then all your all your homies could be like, "Yo, most man, I'm glad that you was down with it, bro. Like it worked. Like that's the mindset right Rod now." Rod Dollar tweets us and says, "Wes Harlow." Ooh. I mean, easy. I got better hair, Ooh. all right? I mean, easy. Ooh. My last and, album I dropped ain't getting torn apart by everybody. And and you, you don't have to take somebody else's name. You're an originator. I am. Nothing if not original. Come on, man. But, don't don't ask uh, my nicknames in high school when people used to call me Wesley Snipes and Wes Mantooth. Those uh-oh, are two completely uh-oh. original nicknames that are not derived from popular movies. No, because of the timing of it, man. You were popular before the movies became popular. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so, with that being said, though, man, let's read off the uh, the current wide receiver depth chart okay. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, the... Uh, Second-round draft pick out of Georgia. And then from there, you have Calvin Austin the third, Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller, Gunnar Osheski, the uh, all-pro returner um, mm-hmm. that we uh, signed this offseason from New England, Cody White, Steven Sims, Tyler Vons, and Tyler Sneed. The Tylers. Got to have enough. The brother's Tyler. You know? So with that being the case, though, how do you feel about that particular group that I just read off? What is your confidence level in them? Do you want me to give you like a one to five, a one to ten, you a grade? Do it. How, how, how do you want to do it, Wes? <laughs> it's I've got cautious optimism with the group. If you want to ask my confidence right now, talk about it, Wes. 
<laughs> on a scale of one to ten. I'd probably go like a six and a half. Six and a half? Seven? <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of youth there. There's a lot of pedigree there in terms of second and third round. You know, guys that no, were drafted 100%, in yeah. the top 100. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the first four guys we named off, uh, Deontay Johnson, yep. Chase Claypool, yep. George Pickens, and Calvin Austin, all yep. top, what, 100 picks in that sense. So, yeah. Um, but, again, I, I keep falling back on a lot of it is that potential conversation, and sometimes that potential pans out. Other times it becomes the dirty word that you just hang, well, he's got potential. Well, he's got potential. Well, he's got potential. And that's never really realized. I... I think so. That's why I think like a like a like a six and a half is is about where I'm at on the, on the confidence scale for the wide receivers. I know that they can get it done, but I need to see them do that first. There's, listen, there is there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of youth. There's a lot of potential, but it's also the, the it's the, very the, volatile it's as well. It's very man. volatile, and the the yeah. first four names you read off on that depth chart yeah. are all still on their rookie contracts, mm-hmm. and half. I haven't even taken an NFL snap yet. Yeah. And when I so, say volatile, I was even speaking to the sense of which versions do we continue to see from Deontay and Claypool? Because as we've talked about with, or as we've spoken on in the past with Deontay, we said, man, he had an outstanding season last year, which still obviously people have mixed reviews on, but that was the first of one of those caliber seasons. The other years have been a lot less you know, productive from start to finish, has had more uh, turmoil in a sense. I mean, because literally a year ago we were talking about him when he was taken out of the Bills game. And it wasn't because of necessarily the performance, even though he wasn't having his best performance, but it was more so in between the ears we could see where it was affecting him. Sure. We're, like I said, just one year removed from that. I want to know, is what we saw last year the norm, or is that an outlier? Hmm. I mean, with Chase, you can make similar things. I mean, he's still improving, but we still have some questions about his maturity level as a whole. So that's what I mean when I say volatile. It's like, yes, the talent is undeniable. The talent is there. Absolutely. I mean, they have a chance. Those four guys I named, if they mesh, if they gel, and they play to their full potential, they got a chance to be one of the top units in terms of, you know, top to bottom, not individual player. Right. When we talk about overall wide receiver group, they have a chance. To be one of those groups, to be mentioned in those same breaths. But they're going to have to, number one, develop a lot. They're going to have to come on to this thing in terms of jumping on a moving train fast in terms of George Pickens and Calvin Austin. And then we're also going to have to see how this contract situation plays out with Deontay. But as a whole, I probably would share the same level of confidence that you do. Probably to seven. Um, Largely because of those things I just said. Um, When guys are in contract disputes... You, can just, go either, you, can go you either just way. never know. Yeah. I, I've seen it. I mean, we, we saw L. Bell's situation played out. I was here for L. Bell's contract negotiations. I was here for Kelvin Beecham's contract negotiations. I was here for Al Villanueva's contract negotiations. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, multiple negotiations. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I even experienced the negotiations. Yeah, you might just okay? want to. You know, so yes, it, it, it can get very, very uncertain, especially when you're talking about these negotiations as this pertains to getting ready for a season as well. And those are some of the things with Deontay. I just don't know how he's going to handle it because this is his first time going through it. So none of us 
can say without a shadow of a doubt that, yeah, we know he's going to do this or he's going to respond this way because he's never been through it. He's also entering a season for the first time where he is clearly expected to be the dude. Mm, okay, talk about people it. People had that. Some people talk had that expectation it. for him last year, right? But but, but Juju, Juju was still was, on the roster. Juju You're was right. still on the roster. Juju was the more accomplished guy. Juju was the higher draft pick. Mm-hmm. Juju had been with the organization longer. All those things. This is the first year where everyone in that room. Mm-hmm. They're looking to Deontay to stand up and be the guy. Everyone in that organization is looking for him to take the next step forward and be the guy. You want this nice chunk of money, 18, 19, 20 plus million dollars a year? Go prove it. Mm-hmm. To to us and to the rest of the league as well, too. So that's there's a lot of factors in that equation for Deontay Johnson. And as you rightfully so mentioned. It can go one of two ways. We've seen a lot of guys, those expectations, that um, sense of urgency ends up bringing out their absolute best. We also see seen other times where those expectations, that sense of urgency um, derails guys' seasons and their confidence and their performance. So uh, all these things, again, we'll know the answer to these obviously a few weeks into the season and, and certainly by the time you know we get to November and all those things. But right now I think – you got to be cautiously optimistic because you know that the 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 pedigree is in that wide receiver room to to have success, but you you got to see it first to 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 believe it. Well, with that being said, should the Pittsburgh Steelers go shopping? In theory, yes, but I don't know who for. Mm, you know what I mean? Because I, uh-huh, it's like, uh-huh. you know, Mozi, my yeah, wife and I are yeah. in the process of buying a house yeah. right now. We can say all day, I want to buy a house. It, we know we need a house. You got to find the right one. Yeah, 100% you gotta right. You got to find the right fit. That house, too, that's too expensive. That's not good enough. That's uh, not in the right school district. Yeah, absolutely, that, yeah. man. Come on now. Um, I don't like the color of this house. <laughs> it, the, the backyard's too small. We want to let the dogs out. <laughs> not, the, not the Baja, man. The actual you know, dogs. Yeah. I mean, Julio Jones, Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Alan Hearns, Deshaun Jackson, Danny Amendola, OBJ, Marquise Goodwin. My dude. Tavon Austin, my guy. Muhammad Sanu. Like, there's some there's some talent, to, but I don't know how any of those guys fit with what they currently have on the but, roster. But what about Austin Watkins, Trey Turner, okay. Steven Robinson Jr., okay. Changa Hodge, Landon, Lanier, Demetrius Robertson? I'm just naming everybody at the bottom of that list. What about Henry Litwin? <laughs> He'd get along with the lit one. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. Ideally, I still wouldn't yeah. mind adding a veteran presence to that room. I just don't know who of those guys would be the right fit. Maybe T.Y. Hilton? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because that's the other part, right? It's like, man, you want to add somebody, but a guy that's too high in, I do feel like could potentially stunt the growth of a Deontay Johnson or a Chase Claypool. If you bring in Odell Beckham Jr., he's mm-hmm. not coming in to be a mentor and, and play just a few snaps a game. Yeah. Correct. Or be there in case someone gets hurt. Yeah. Maybe T.Y. Hilton would be that guy at age 32. I was thinking Maybe Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders would be that guy at age 35. I was going to say, especially with him having the history with the organization. Absolutely. Um, Maybe he's the one right now that stands out. To me, I think the most, yes. Um, whether you're talking healthy, whether you're talking productivity, or if you're talking just personality-wise, does hmm. he clash? Because when I think of Deshaun Jackson – there's I can see there. that There's being some, a potential yeah. clash. We talk yep. about Odell. I can see that being a little bit of a potential clash. Um, I like Marquis Goodwin a lot, a uh, former teammate of mine. I think that he could definitely help out. But when you bring in Calvin Austin, who is already uh, a track guy in the sense of being a burner and a smaller receiver already, 
granted, I think Calvin is more of a slot where it's good when it's definitely an outside receiver in terms of his best, you know, when he's at his best. I just don't think that it makes the most sense to bring him in. Hmm. Sanu's kind of interesting, though. Sanu would be an interesting He's one definitely as well, interesting. Too. I think he could play Towards that, the end of that his mentor career. role as well. Yeah. Um, very catch-friendly for your quarterback, especially knowing that we're going to have, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Mason, you're, you're knowing that, hey, man, you, you're going to be limited in a sense. You want guys that help them more than they hurt them. 100%. And there's certainly some names on this list yeah. that while we think they're talented football players, they might not help the overall Correct. cause. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah, definitely interesting to think on, man. But that was one of those things, man, that, you know, as we got to listen to Calvin, I'm just like, man. Yeah. We, we might want somebody, but what's the fit? What is the fit? Well, the lit one, Rebecca. Uh-oh, what's she talking she about? She tweets us and says, what about AB with the crying emoji? Oh. It's funny you guys bring that up. Well, yeah, because actually, um, you know, we go, we're going to go to break right now, but when we come back, um, we're opening the phone lines up. We want to hear about Mr. Big Chess, Antonio Brown, because he did make headways. He made headlines this week by saying, or tweeting, excuse me, that he wanted to retire as a Pittsburgh Steelers, but not play. That's the only issue. That's why we didn't bring him up as a potential candidate to uh-huh. play. He said he doesn't uh-huh. want to play here. Mm-hmm. But in terms of retiring, this is the question for you, Power Grid, Megawatts. Should Antonio Brown be allowed to retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler? I want you to call us up. The digits to dial are 412-919-8562. That is the digits right there, man. We want to hear 412-919. Nate Washington Tunchokin. There we go. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. So call us up, man. Let us know your thoughts on this A-B retirement as a Pittsburgh Steelers situation. And as always, it's Arthur Wilson, Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio.